All right, welcome back to Baseball Banter. I'm your host, Justin Gianelli. Here we are on this Sunday, April 10th, the first weekend of the baseball season is currently wrapping up. We just have the Sunday night baseball game left between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Quick update, it is 4-3 Red Sox, bottom of the seventh inning. Aaron Hicks is up with a man on and two outs. So let's get to some of the big stories of the weekend. And we have to start by talking about the news that came down on Friday that the New York Yankees and Aaron Judge could not come to an agreement on a potential contract extension. So what that means is Aaron Judge will be one of the most coveted free agents in the offseason. And, you know, and rest assured, Yankee fans, you know, I mean, not not that I'm always right or I'm always wrong, but, you know, my, my firm belief is that Aaron Judge will remain a Yankee long term and that this offseason that they will come to an agreement on some form of deal. Now, it seems like the numbers were far apart. Uh, believe what you want about some of the rumors, but some of the numbers that were out there um, was that Aaron Judge was seeking a nine-year, $324 million contract. The Yankees were coming at him with a seven-year extension uh, of about $213 million, and it would have been an eight-year, $233 million contract when you tack on um, you know, what the number from arbitration would be because, you know, they haven't settled. You know, Judge was asking for $21 million. The Yankees were offering $17 million. Um, so there's going to be an arbitration hearing on that front. Now, while I would call it unlikely, could they come to a long-term agreement then? They could. But Judge and his camp set a firm deadline that that opening day was the deadline to sign the extension and that they weren't going to talk about it for the season, you know, and, you know, they're not the only ones in this position. You know, the Red Sox are in the same position with Alexander Bogarts. You know, he didn't get a, He didn't get a deal done prior to spring training. Granted, the Red Sox did sign Trevor Story and he could be a, the long-term answer at shortstop, you know, almost in the sense, almost in the way that the Dodgers acquired Trey Turner in the middle of last year. They knew that you know they could get Trey Turner. Now, granted, Trey Turner is this last year of his contract now, but you know last year when he came over, the thinking was, all right, well if we don't sign Corey Seager to a long term contract, you know we have Trey Turner there to play shortstop, and that's exactly what happened. Corey Seager signed with the Texas Rangers. Trey Turner slides over to be the everyday shortstop for the LA Dodgers. But you know, in the case of Aaron Judge. You know, now it's about other teams getting involved in the offseason. You know, who would be a potential suitor for Aaron Judge? And what what is he going to get on the open market? Um, I'm not sure that he's going to get anywhere close to what he's asking for. And he may, if he has a big year... Uh, he might get something similar to what the Yankees were offering. And at what point will him and his camp 
say, okay, that this is the number that we're going to settle on and, you know, we're going to sign. Again, my, my, my belief is that he will stay with the Yankees and, you know, he will retire a Yankee. But, you know, all this uncertain, but now all this uncertainty creeps in because he didn't sign the contract. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. We'll, you know, obviously there's going to be no talk of it during the season, but, you know, between, you know, him and the media, but, you know, you know, it's going to be all over the, all over the radio waves, especially, you know, on WFAN here in New York, um, you know, that's going to be all the talk about, you know, what are they going to do with, you know, what's going to happen to Aaron Judge. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting um, how that unfolds. But now we have a season in front of us. And, you know, the Yankees are off to a good start. They took the first two games of the series against the Boston Red Sox. Them and the Tampa Bay Rays are the two last remaining unbeaten teams. Um with an eight nothing win today, the Rays capped off a three game sweep of the Baltimore Orioles. So I want to quickly go around Major League Baseball and give you a look at what went on during today's action. You had the A's knocking off the Phillies four to one. Jeffries the win, Falter the loss. You had again, like I mentioned, the. Or uh, the the Rays knocking off the Orioles eight to nothing. The Rays posting eleven hits in that one. Uh, White Sox beat the Tigers ten to one today. White Sox pitching held the Tigers to just two hits in the blowout victory. Nationals rally with three in the eighth to beat the Mets four to two. Uh, Kyle Finnegan gets the win. Trevor Williams the loss. Hunter Green impressed in his debut against the Atlanta Braves for the Reds. Reds defeat the Braves 6-3 today. Ian Anderson takes the loss. Warren gets the save. Seven strikeouts in Hunter Green's debut. Uh, and he topped out at 101.6 miles per hour on his fastball. He's a hard thrower. And, you know, it'll remain to be seen how effective you could be and how consistently you could throw that hard as a starter. So we'll you know we'll see on that one. Rangers beat the Blue Jays 12-6. There's gonna be more on this game in a little while. I do want to talk about the Rangers and Blue Jays for sure. Burke gets the win. Julian Merriweather gets the loss for the Blue Jays. Cleveland Guardians knocked up 22 hits today, scored 17 runs for Cal Quantrill and Cleveland. They knock off the Royals 17-3. to Chris Bubik gets the loss. Twins defeat the Mariners 10-4 today. Marco Gonzalez roughed up in his season debut. Uh, Brett Ober gets the victory. Pirates knock off the Cardinals 9-4. Steven Matz gets absolutely shelled in his Cardinal debut, giving up uh, seven earned runs. Brewers beat the Cubs today 5-4. Brad Boxberger gets the win. Josh Hader, his first save of the new campaign. Rockies with a 9-4 victory over the Los Angeles Dodgers. They take two out of three on their home field. Julius Chassin gets the victory. Julio Urias takes the loss. Blatch gets the save. 
Giants knock off the Marlins 3-2 to two today despite 11 Marlins hits. Hiring Garcia gets the win. Trevor Rogers the loss. Dominic Leone gets his first save of the new season. Astros went take three out of four from the Angels. They went four to four to one today. Uh, Jose Urquidy gets the victory. Ryan Presley gets his second save of the season. And more on the, more on the Angels in a little bit too, because I want to talk about Noah Syndergaard and his return. Real, his his first real real start since Tommy John surgery because he only had the two appearances last year uh, in which he pitched one inning in each outing. So his his re- true return from Tommy John surgery was a rousing success, and we'll get to that in a little while. And finally, the the Padres knock off the Diamondbacks ten to five. They take three out of four from the Arizona Diamondbacks. So again, like I said. The Tampa Bay Rays and the the New York Yankees are the two remaining unbeaten. The Boston Red Sox and the Baltimore Orioles remain the two winless. But the Boston Red Sox have an opportunity to get into the win column with tonight's game. They're currently leading 4-3. Now with two outs in the eighth after J.D. Martinez hits into a double play in which which actually Kiner Falefa bobbled it, but plenty of time to turn the double play on the slow-footed Martinez. So here's some of the big storylines around baseball. Obviously, let's start with the Toronto Blue Jays because the Toronto Blue Jays are a, a team that mashes. And if you look at their series with the Texas Rangers, you know there were a lot of home run hits. Yeah, there was a lot of home runs hit, you know, by both teams, and you know, they certainly are a team that you expect to be one of the highest scoring teams in the league. And I mean, you had on opening day Friday a ten eight victory over a ten eight victory in which the Texas Rangers scored the first seven runs of the game. The Rangers scored four in the first, two in the second, and one in the fourth to take a 7 nothing lead before the, the Jays come for their fourth at bat. On opening day, you had a home run from Teoscar Hernandez. You had an eighth inning home run from uh, Danny Jansen. But, I mean, the home runs hit by the, 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 Rays to, uh, the Rangers, too. I mean, Brad Miller... With it, with with a home run off Jose Barrios and Adonis Garcia, had one off Adam Simber, who actually ended up getting the win for the Blue Jays in on opening day. Jordan Romano, um, the guy we talked about in the preview podcast, you know, we were previewing, you know, the Blue Jays being one of the more intriguing teams. I said, well, who's going to be closing games for them? First test we saw was uh, Jordan Romano picking up the save on opening day. But, I mean, a ten, you figure that the Rangers and the Blue Jays are going to be two of the highest-scoring teams in all of baseball. And, you know, other than... So in two out of three games, I mean, because yesterday was a 4-3 win by the Blue Jays. And, you know, more 
more kept in the park. The only home run in yesterday's game was a home run in the fifth inning off Dane Dunning by Bo Bichette. And that propelled, you know, and that propelled the game to be, you know, that tied the game. And then they got the go-ahead run in the bottom of the sixth inning. But I mean, you look at some of you look at some of these numbers on Saturday. Springer was two for five. Bobochet was two for four. We talked about the home run. Vlad Guerrero two for four. Um, Matt Chapman who hit his first home, and then today Matt Chapman hits his first home run as a Blue Jay. Today's final again twelve six in favor of the Rangers, and another slug it out performance though. You had Corey Seager go two for five with an RBI. You had uh, Nick Solak with his first home run of the year. You had the catcher, Jonah Heim, get his first home run of the of the year. And then you had Brad Miller hitting his second home run of the seventh inning. Uh, Brad Miller on the day, two for, two for three with four RBIs. And he... He came in to pinch hit late in the game. He didn't start the game, and he goes two for three, two runs scored, four RBIs. So impressive, and and the home run. And it's funny, the home run he hit was a solo home run. There was nobody on base when Miller hit the home run for the Blue Jays. George Springer was two for five today. He hit a solo home run to start the bottom of the first. Uh, Matt and then Matt Chapman hit a three-run home run in the first inning. Uh, Danny Jansen is second of the year. Solo shot off Howard, and then Vladimir Guerrero Jr. got his first of the year and an absolute moonshot. I advise you to go find the video, go watch the video of this home run, an absolute moonshot. From Vladimir Guerrero Jr. In a campaign I believe is going to be a year where he wins the MVP. But again, you went, you got Matt Chapman, two for four, three RBIs. And he's batting in the sixth spot. I mean, you look at this G- Toronto Blue Jays lineup. And, 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 and Kevin Biggio didn't, didn't even start today. You had Santiago Espinal uh, start second base, but they, at second base today. But you look at this lineup, George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Matt Chapman, Rymel Tapia, uh, Santiago Espinal, and Danny Jansen. Danny Jansen's batting ninth. He's already got two home runs. And he was two for four today with, an, you know, with the solo home run. Uh, this is his only RBI. Sc- scored the run on the home run. Six runs on ten hits today. For the Jays, 12 runs on 11 hits. And Nick Solak scored four runs today. Nick Solak was two for three with two walks, drove in a run, scored four times, and really propelled the the middle of the order. uh, Really propelled the Rangers today. Andy Andy Abanez, one for five runs, scored RBI. Uh, Charlie Culberson, one for two, uh, before he was taken out for a pinch hitter. He scored a run, drove in a run. And then, again, Jonah Heim, two for three, two runs scored, 
three RBIs, walked walked twice as well. I mean, there's going to be a lot of firepower, and both of these teams are going to show some weaknesses in the pitching department. And you know, obviously, today not you know not a good start from Hyunjin Ryu, three and a third, uh, five hits, six runs, walked two, struck out four. As for the starter for the Texas Rangers, Spencer Howard, not a you know not a good outing either. Three innings pitched, six hits, six runs, all of them earned five strikeouts. Now, best part about it, he didn't walk anybody, a- and that's one of the big differences in this game was Blue Jay pitching walked seven today, as opposed to the Rangers only walking one. And that was done by Brock Burke, who ended up picking up the victory in relief, pitching two scoreless innings, five strikeouts, one hit allowed, one walk for the Rangers. So, I mean, those are two teams that we are going to be locked in on all season long with and be mesmerized by how good their offense is. Their offenses are going to be. The other team I want to talk, the next team I want to talk about, the LA Angels. And I want to talk about Noah Syndergaard. You know, as a Met fan, it pained me to see Noah leave. But, you know, I understood why he did it. Because, look, he was given the qualifying offer by the Mets. And the Angels decided that they thought he was worth $22 million. And they they said that, look, we think you're worth the risk. We know what you were before your injury. And, you know, we believe that you're going to be very valuable to us. And this matchup was really a matchup of comebacks. Because you also had Justin Verlander making his return. After only making one start in 2020... He had Tommy John surgery, missed all of 2021, and at age 39, Justin Verlander returned to the mound following Tommy John surgery. You know, you get Tommy John at age, you get Tommy John at age 37. That's a good chance you're going to end up retiring, and he didn't. And he comes back, and he and he was terrific yesterday. Justin Verlander was terrific. Justin Verlander pitched five innings yesterday, uh, allowed one run on three hits, did walk three, so the command was a little bit sh- little bit shaky. Uh, he struck out seven. And on the other side, Noah Syndergaard pitched five and a third, two hits, two walks. Now, unlike Noah Syndergaard that we saw on the Mets, only one strikeout. But... You know, and I watched a lot of this game yesterday um, to see how Noah, to know, to see how Noah would do, and you could see a, a bit of a change in his pitching strategy. You know, he he was pitching to more contact. You know, and the Astros are a, a relatively good contact team. You know, they're they're a team that's not going to strike out a whole heck of a lot, but it seemed like Noah worked around that and kind of showed that he's learned how to be a pitcher. And, you know, 
there's such a difference in this game, especially once you get to the major leagues. You know, you can't get away with just being a hard thrower anymore because these guys are these are these guys are these guys are great hitters. You know, eventually they're going to learn how to catch up to your 100 mile an hour fastball, and the velocity was there too for Noah. You know, it was nice to see that the velocity was back, and but it's nice to see him make pitches when he had to because one of the one of the things that we saw from him as the Mets with the Mets was he would just be trying to throw as hard as he could and he wasn't really locating properly and when you when you locate properly and and have the ability to throw that hard that's when you become unhittable and I think we saw at least in his first start, Noah Syndergaard make adjustments on how he pitches. Now, this fine, this game ended up being a 2-0 final. Again, it was the only one of the series for the LA Angels. You got a solo home run from Jared Walsh, his first of the year in the second inning off Verlander. And then off Ryan Stanek in the eighth, Mike Trout hit his first home run of the year to make it a 2-0 final. The Astros could only muster up two hits. Kyle Tucker and had one of the two hits as well as Chaz McCormick. Um, those were the only two. And then you had Felix Pena and Michael Brantley reach base via walk. Uh, so not much doing from the Astro offense yesterday. So I'm really happy for Noah Syndergaard. You know, I was very. I think I was. I was very frustrated at, at first um, that he left the Mets, and I was like, you know what, good riddance. But you know what, at the same time, he did. He did what he. He did what you should do. Go. Go get your money. And you know what, the Angels were again. The Angels were willing, willing to pay him twenty two million dollars, and you know what, you, you can't criticize. You can't criticize a guy for chasing the money. You really can't. You know, being a professional athlete, you have such a limited time to make all the money you can. And look, we all know being a professional athlete is life-changing money. But, you know, the ability to make it when you can, especially coming off the injury that Noah was, coming off Tommy John's surgery, only pitching two innings over the past two years, um... I, there was no there was no reason for him to turn that down. So, you know, look, good for him and good for, you know, good for the Angels, especially if he is going to be the Noah Syndergaard that, you know, was really a really a, a stud, stud young prospect who, who, you know, who had some really good, really good times early on. But couldn't you know? Just couldn't quite avoid, you know. Couldn't quite avoid the injury. The other team I want to talk about are the San Diego Padres. Why? Because they're coming off one of the more disappointing seasons uh, we have seen in recent memory. Because you know, last year we had, you know, we saw World Series projections. You know, this team can make the World Series. This team can win the World Series. They fell flat of that. Very flat. 
and they, you know, had to do a reset. You fired Jace Tango in the offseason. You hired Bob Melvin away from the Oakland Athletics. And, you know, the biggest storyline for them was how are they going to hold the fourth down as shortstop without Fernando Tatis Jr.? Now, if, I'm, if I read correctly, and I'm going to fact check myself on this, but Fernando Tatis Jr. seems to be a little bit ahead of schedule in his rehab. Uh, yeah, he's almost, he's almost ready to swing a bat. So, I mean, they said the original timeline was going to be three months. Uh, he has no, been known re, uh, over the last couple of years with, with his injuries to heal really quickly. Um, I'd be careful. I'd be careful from the Padres, though. I wouldn't want to rush him back, especially if that fractured wrist is not fully healed, because it's gonna be a, it's gonna be very painful to swing the bat. And if he's not right, he could compromise the rest of his body, especially at the plate. So I, you know, I would just mark it down. You know, maybe June that say maybe June 1st you'll be ready to come back. Um, I wouldn't rush it. You know, they brought up top prospect C.J. Abrams. Uh, I thought going into the season that Hassan Kim would be the guy that would get the bulk of the shortstop. I don't know if Melvin is going to go with platoon, a platoon situation, because Abrams is a, Abrams is a lefty. And Hassan, Hassan Kim is a righty. You know, I don't know if it's going to be one of those, you know, platoon situations. Especially because today, uh, left-hander Caleb Smith uh, took the mound for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So maybe you're looking at a platoon situation. And, and a bit of a tough start so far for C.J. Abrams. He got to start the first two games of the ser- of the season, and um, we you know, went one for nine. So, but twenty, he was a twenty nineteen first round pick, sixth overall for the Padres. They have very very high hopes for this kid, and we'll see. You know if he can make a name for himself because if he can, you know there'll be a spot for him. Now, where there's going to be a spot, who knows? You know. Could Jake Cronenworth go to the outfield uh, and T.J. Abrams goes to second base? I mean, obviously we know that Manny Machado is locked down there at third base. And and I find it very interesting that unlike last year, the Padres are, are, are keeping Manny Machado put at third base. He did play a lot of shortstop last year because of the Tatis injury. But it'll be interesting to see going forward because right now you're looking at an outfield of Jerks and Profar, Trent Grisham, and Will Myers. Now Jerks and Profar could easily be somebody who can be replaced. But you know, it'll be you know it'll be good for Bob Melvin to have these options and move some of these guys around and have to have the versatility. Um. Going forward, and you know, you know, and Profar today 
hit his second home run of the year. It was a grand slam in the third inning off Caleb Smith. Uh, Jorge Alfaro hit a solo home run today. And the Padres took took three out of four. So, I mean, look. We'll see how the Padres attack this without Fernando Tatis Jr. But off to a good start, beating up on the Diamondbacks. And, and look, if you are a team with aspirations of making it to the playoffs, making a deep run in October, you have to beat up on the bad teams. And that's what brings me to my next team, the New York Mets, who lose today 4-2 to to the Washington Nationals. A frustrating loss, I, I, I might add. But the Mets end up taking three out of four from the Washington Nationals. The Nationals are going to be another team, just like the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are going to struggle this year. They're, there's just no two ways about it. I mean, their lineup doesn't pack much punch. Um, as Is that fair or foul? I believe it is foul. Alex Verdugo off the plate, top of the ninth. Uh, Boston 4, New York 3. Um, look, we know the Nationals are going to struggle. And if you're the Mets, you got to win as many games as possible. That's why today's game is... Very frustrating. Um, even though, you know, you understand you can't win them all. We get that. You're not going to go 162-0. You're not going to go 19-0 against the uh, Nationals. But, like I mentioned on the Friday Night Sports Report, on Sportswire Radio, um, with the guys, with Tom and the guys, I said minimum 15-4. and four against the Washington Nationals. So far, so good. 3-1. and one, And you got good pitching out of everybody. You know, Tyler McGill on opening day with the five scoreless innings, more, much more than you could have asked, uh, stepping in for the injured Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. Now, Max Scherzer's injury was nothing too serious, but they kept him on the schedule where he was going to make his season debut on Friday. And he pitched six innings, gave up a two-run homer to Josh Bell, um, gave up three runs altogether. You could, tell, you could tell he wasn't quite healthy, but, you know, he knows how to put his body in an uncompromising position so that he's not overdoing any of his other muscles when he's pitching. You, you you saw that there wasn't quite the life on the fastball that you're used to. Um, his breaking ball wasn't as sharp. But but you could tell this about his veteran moxie. And you could tell that he's still going to be a guy who's going to grind it out and still give you a great pitching performance. And that he did. And, and the Mets took game two, seven to three. Last night was the debut of uh, Chris Bassett in a Met uniform, and you know Chris Bassett was Chris Bassett was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the Mets defeated the Nationals last night five to nothing. Chris Bassett gave you six scoreless innings, gave up three hits, walked one, struck out eight, and you know, and then you and you got the grand slam from Pete Alonso. Now. Let me get to Pete Alonso for a second because this this is where I have a problem with the Washington Nationals and 
you know, in one re- in one light, you want to have an issue with them, and in uh, another, you just have to understand that these these kids are not major league ready, but you're on a roster that's so bereft of talent that you're put in a position where you're in the major leagues, but. The number of Mets who have gotten hit over the first few games of the season are absolutely um, unacceptable. I mean, we saw three Mets hit on Friday night. Now, and you saw, and you saw, you know, you saw another Met hit on Thursday. No, I'm sorry. There was three Mets hit on Thursday, and then on Friday you saw Francisco Lindor. Take a uh, a ball off the C flap that protects you know that serves as a face guard for the hitter. Now, fortunately for Francisco, nothing more than a and than a chipped tooth. He's been in the lineup uh, today. He had his first home run of the season, and you know yesterday Pete Alonso hit his first home run of the season, and but on opening day you saw. Patrick Corbin hit James McCann in the foot. That drove in the first run of the game for the Mets on opening day. No big deal. Because, you know what? Bases loaded, you know you're not trying to hit anybody. It was a breaking ball in the dirt. Plus, McCann looked like he leaned into it, too. But then you get James McCann hit again, getting hit above, getting hit above the numbers, getting hit in the shoulder. No worse for the wear. But it's like, right, stop headhunting. And then you have Pete Alonso get hit in the shoulder and the ball ricochets and hits the C-flap that protects, you know, protects the face. And it busts his lip open. You know, and then to have it again happen the next day to Francisco Lindor, you know, it gets a little tiresome. You know, at, at some point, you get, at some point, enough is enough. You know, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I have to double check. I don't think any Mets were hit today, but you know, five Mets were hit in the series because Starling Marte got hit. Yeah, no hit by pitch today. So five Mets got hit by a pitch in the first four games of the season from the Washington Nationals. Now, yesterday, Marte got hit. You know, no big deal because. It was a curveball, clearly no, clearly zero intent um, on on the pitcher's part there. But still, you know, at some point, you gotta hold you gotta hold the pitchers accountable because you know it's dangerous. It, it's very very dangerous because somebody's gonna get hurt. Eventually, somebody's going to get seriously hurt. And we, we need to protect the game. We need to protect everybody, not just the stars of the game. We need to protect everybody from severe injury. Now, I get it. Sometimes there's nothing you could do about it. Sometimes you get hit, you get hit in the hand and it takes you out for six weeks because you break a bone in the hand. But it's, a, it's when it's above the numbers. That's that, it's when it's in the head or neck area that it becomes an issue. And at some point, they got to be held accountable. And so that so that really that really bugged me. That really bugged me 
in the Nationals Mets series. And look, it just it it can't it can't be tolerated in baseball no matter what. It just can't. You can't you can't have anybody headhunting. You really can't. So, moving on now, I want to talk about the Phillies because the Phillies they are going to be a team that is very scary. Now, they opened their season with the Oakland A's and the A's, which we'll get to in a minute because what a joke they are. 9 to 5 on opening day for the Phillies. You got home you got a home run from Kyle Schwarber. Um, yesterday you got a home run from Nick Castellanos. Um, and today, fortunately for the Phillies, they dropped their first game of the year. A's get the victory. Billy McKinney gets gets his first home run of the season. Billy McKinney of the Mets last year. Just being the starting left fielder today for the Oakland A's. And uh, Gene Segura counted for the only Philly run on a solo home run in the ninth inning that broke up the shutout. Good start today from from Oakland pitcher Dalton Jeffries. Five scoreless innings, two hits, two walks, two strikeouts. Um, Zach Eflin, a short start, but four scoreless for him. Uh, two hits, two walks, three strikeouts. Um, he did throw 68 pitches in four innings. Now, what I'm curious about is maybe he wasn't stretched out enough, but Dalton Jeffries only threw 48 pitches in five innings. And, and I'm very interested as to why Mark Kotze took him out then. I mean, it must have been an analytics thing. Don't face the, don't face the third time of the or Don't face a lineup third time through. I get it. But sometimes, you know, and I know with the shortened spring, we're protecting some of our starters, and, you know, they're not pitching as deep as you'd think, and they're not throwing as many pitches um, as you like them to throw. But 48 pitches is a little ridiculous. So, all right, one quick update now. Uh, Yankees are heading into their final turn at bat with Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and Joey Gallo do up the 3-4-5, the meat of the Yankee order. Uh, we'll see who comes in to close it out for the Boston Red Sox. They have a 4-3 to three lead. Uh, we'll wrap up the show right as that game goes final. Now, I also want to talk about the K-Rod cast uh, between Michael K uh, and Alex Rodriguez. I, I have no interest in checking it out. Um, I was listening to it with the regular Sunday night announcers with Carl Ra- uh, the new Sunday night crew um, with Carl Ravitch, Eduardo Perez, and David Cohn. Um, fine broadcast, you know, and I'm good with them. And I have no interest in listening to Michael Kay, especially Alex Rodriguez. Absolutely, uh, absolutely zero interest. Uh, in that, but but let's talk about Red Sox Yankees because you know that's the game going on right now. That's the game that that's the big ser- It's the big rivalry. Yankees yesterday, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Yankees on Friday on opening day, pulling out a six to five win 
on opening day in 11 innings. Despite a short and not great start from Garrett Cole. And it's hard to make too big of a deal out of a first start. But coming off the heels of the rough start in the wildcard game. The way he finished down the stretch. You know, post spider tack. You know, once they started cracking down on the sticky stuff. It's fair to wonder, you know, how good Garrett Cole really is going to be. Now, I think he's a great pitcher. I think he's very talented. Um, but I really thought he, he he should have shown more on opening day, and he, and he, and he really didn't. Um, four innings pitched, three, uh, three runs on four hits, one walk, only three strikeouts in the game. Um, as opposed to fellow starter Nathan Avaldi had five innings pitched, five hits, three runs as well. Uh, he walked one, but he struck out seven. Um, you had Michael King pick up the win in two innings of work. Cutter Crawford took the loss in that extra inning game, and we and for the first time, you know, on opening day. Uh, you know, we also saw, you know, we also, we also saw it in the Giants Marlins game as well, but um, the Ghost Runner is back for the 2022 season, and I was really hoping they would get rid of it. They did say they they did say they were going to get rid of it, but you know, the last the last about ten days going into the season, uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association, you know. Look, take took a look at it again, and they decided to bring it back. And you know, they did it. I, in my estimation, to preserve the arms of the pitchers because of the shortened spring. You know, you got starters who are probably not going to go deep into games, which is going to tax the bullpen to begin with. And now you're adding extra innings. I think that's the only reason why that you're looking at. Um, the Ghost Runner on second during the regular season. Obviously, it hasn't been around in the postseason, nor should it be, nor will it be. But I, you know, I and I hate the rule. I really do. I hate the Ghost Runner rule. I, I feel like there's no need for it. But you know, Major League Baseball deems this best for safety of the players, and you know what. You know we have so many injuries to begin with. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't totally be against it. But you know, a good opening day for the Yankees. You had a home run from Anthony Rizzo and DJ LeMahieu on opening day. Uh, Josh Donaldson recorded two hits. Aaron Judge recorded two hits. Um, DJ LeMahieu had a hit and a run scored. Two strikes there on Judge. The bottom of the ninth right now. It's Jake Diekman getting the closing duties for the Red Sox. They're trying to close out their first win of the new season. Game number two uh, between the Yankees and Red Sox is where on the scoreboard. It was a 4-2 Yankee victory propelled by a sixth inning two-run home run by Giancarlo Stanton. The, the Yankees benefited from two two-run home runs. 
and actually all 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 three uh all three home runs in the game were two run home runs accounting for all six of the runs. Alex Verdugo hit a two run home run off uh Luis Severino in the second inning. By the way, Luis Severino, another comeback story. He's only pitched about 18 innings in the last three seasons due to multiple injuries, including Tommy John, including shoulder tightness that shut him down last year. And Luis Severino, you know what? For my money, not a terrible return. Did only, he did only go three innings but and, and threw six, 65 pitches, but he gave up five hits, two runs, struck out five. Not a bad performance. Not a bad performance at all. Not not bad at all. Nick Pavetta took the loss, five and two thirds, four hits, four runs. Again, gave up the two two run home runs to Anthony Rizzo and Giancarlo Stanton. He threw he threw eighty one pitches in the game, so he was obviously clearly close to fully stretched out um, in that situation. But you know, Yankees get the win on Saturday. Rolls Chapman gets his first save. Uh, Lucas Litke gets the win in game number two. And, you know, we'll see right now who ends up taking game number three. So the teams that so so the teams that won their series in the in the American League, the Tampa Bay Rays, they went three and oh. The Yankees so far, two and zero. They're gonna. They're obviously gonna win the series. Uh, whether they sweep, that remains to be seen. Uh, Toronto took two out of three. The White Sox, they took two out of three of their series with the Detroit Tigers. You had the. Let's go back to the scoreboard real quick. You had the Mets take a three out of four from the Nationals. The Reds and Braves. Split two games apiece in their series. Again, Blue Jays took two out of three over the Rangers. Royals took two out of three over the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians get their first win in the new name era. The new name change era. Today. Uh, Twins lose two out of three to the Mariners. Um, and they sal- and they did that by salvaging today's game. Uh, with that 10-4 victory. Cardinals took two out of three from the Pirates. The Cubs took two out of three from the Brewers, um, with the Brewers today being their first win. Again, Dodgers losing two out of three to start the season um, against the Colorado Rockies. Rockies were pounding out the hits too. Uh, you know, the the last couple of you know last two games, offense coming alive. You know, we got a good start from Walker Bueller on opening day. But last, you know, yesterday Tony Gonsolin started, um, and today Julio uh, Urias started. Yesterday was a three-two victory, uh, three runs on eight hits, and that came on a go-ahead home run in the eighth inning from Connor Joe. That as the Dodgers tied the game in the top of the eighth, and uh, you know on a hit from Mookie Betts. But Connor Joe with the go-ahead home run off of Blake Trine. So, good for the Rockies. They take two out of three. Obviously, today was a 9-4 to victory. 
You got uh, CJ Crone and Elias Diaz each hitting their first home run of the year. Um, you got a couple hits from Chris Bryant today. He scored a run as well. Um, Randall Gritchick a hit and a run scored. Um, Jonathan Daza, two hits himself. You know, on the Dodgers side, they pounded out 10 hits but only could score four runs. Um, Cody Bellinger, two for three today, which, you know, he's he's looked so rough. And he's, and he's off to a two for 11 start um, this season. And, you know, after a couple of 0 for 4 start the season. And I'm just, I'm really concerned. I'm just completely concerned with Cody Bellinger right now. And I, what has happened to his swing? Because he he was a fierce power hitter. I mean, you look at his career. 2017, he comes up. Wins National League Rookie of the Year. 267 average. 39 homers. 97 RBIs. In 2018, powered down a little bit. 260 average, 25 homers, 76 RBIs. 2019, he puts it all together. That's 305, hits 47 homers, and 115 RBIs. Wins the National League's most valuable player. 170 hits, 121 runs scored, 34 doubles, 15 stolen bases, a, a 629 slugging, a 1,035 OPS. I mean... What has happened to Cody Bellinger? You have the shortened season. He played 56 of the 60 games as Giancarlo Stanton strikes out two away. Judge struck out as well. So the Yankees are down to their final out, and we'll see if the Red Sox can salvage the finale of this series. But in 2020, his average dipped to a career low 239. With 12 home runs and 30 RBIs. Now, in the 2020 postseason, he did come up with some big hits, including the go ahead home run in game seven of the National Championship Series that ended up sending the Dodgers to the World Series. And I, and I still wonder if that home run ruined him because. When he came around, he went to go celebrate with Kike Hernandez. He hurt his shoulder. And you saw him struggle in the World Series, you know, because his shoulder wasn't the same. You, you know, you could clearly tell he was hurt, you know. And he comes in last year, has a, has a foot injury, missed a lot of time. Only played in 95 games last year. But he struck out 94 times. And 315 at bats, and batted to a putrid 165 average with 10 home runs and 36 RBIs. I mean, Cody Bellinger went from superstar MVP caliber to just completely lost. And it's it's so mysterious because here's a kid who's on here's a kid who's only you know 26 years old. You know, he'll be 27. On July thirteenth, uh, I don't know. You know, and he's he's hitting free agency 
at a prime time as Joey Gallo strikes out. So Jake Diekman strikes out the side. That's our final, final of Sunday night. Yankees win, uh, I'm sorry, Red Sox win 4-3. They salvage the finale. Yankees take two out of three um, this weekend. But, you know, in finishing up by Cody Bellinger before we wrap it up, uh, you know, I, I hope he finds it because he is one of the, few, the fortunate few who is going to be hitting free agency at a most prime time because what is the biggest concern with Aaron Judge? He's turning 30 on April 26th. Cody Bellinger is 26 years old. That is 10-year contract territory. However, he has performed so poorly over the last couple of years, you're just wondering... If he's going to even get a minor league contract next year. I mean, I'm sure he will. Somebody's going to take a chance on him. And it might be the, Do- and it might be the Dodgers. And also, it's too early to say. Yes, it's three games, but he's two for 11. And you can't help but be concerned about where Cody Bellinger's heading. Because he had, he's heading down a dark path. In baseball right now. Because he has been that bad. So I I really hope he finds it. So. Alright that's going to do it for this edition of Baseball Banter. So you can catch us on Apple Podcasts. You can catch us on Spotify. Anchor. You can also catch it on the Sokoa Media app. And you can also catch it on Sportswire Radio. Once I turn over the file to uh, Tom Bryce. So we'll talk to you on Wednesday. We will recap some of the series. Obviously, some series will be playing until Thursday, but we'll look at the week. You know, we'll we'll look at some of the action from Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Then, and every Wednesday, we're going to give you the players of the week, the rookies of the week, the pitchers of the week, um, and all that. I don't know if they're going to do it. They might do it for the first three days. I'm not sure if they will. I don't I don't remember. But usually every Monday or Tuesday they announce players of the week. You know, and we'll, you know, we'll be excited for that one. So we'll talk to you again very soon. Have a good night.